All right, well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Today's the day you made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, Father God. I thank you for the good things you're doing in our lives, the growing moments, Father God, the struggles that we learn from, Father God. I just thank you again that, that we're able to come to you in any of those seasons, in any of those moments, Father God. I pray today that our hearts are open, our minds are receptive as well, too, Father, to receive your word. Lord, I yield my heart, my mind, my mouth, my tongue to you, Father. All the words that come out of my mouth, Father, may it penetrate and impact our hearts individually, Lord as I also continue to learn as well too, Father God. We do this to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray and we all shout out. Amen, amen and amen. Can we put the lights up? I want to see your guys' face. I can't really see anybody right now. So, hey, I want to share with you guys what we're going to be talking about today. Now, I've had so many conversations about this one topic we're going to talk about. And so I felt in my heart, we need to know this. Okay, and not just know it, but believe it and live it as well. I want to talk about living the abundant life. Look at your neighbor and say, abundant life. <laughs> you know, when you think about living in the abundant life, I think there can be so many definitions, or maybe we have a certain concept of what an abundant life really is. Now, we probably heard of the abundant life that Jesus gives us. We probably read about it. We probably were taught it. Okay, but actually experiencing it, I've been having so many conversations of people not being and getting that fulfillment. You know, that word abundant, literally uh, the definition is having plenty of something. It's having plenty of something is what the word abundant means. And I think if we are not careful to listen, we can misinterpret it as it's just a natural perspective of what we see on earth. But Jesus said, no, it's going to go beyond that. He had a greater purpose and a greater cause for your life. But understand that the enemy as well is going to counter everything he can to stop the words that Jesus speak to get to your heart. And so the only way to counter that is by going to Scripture. In John 10.10, Jesus says this. He says that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He says, I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life. And he doesn't stop there. He continues on. He says, and that they may have it more abundantly. Everyone say it again. Abundantly. You see, there's a purpose that the devil has to steal, to kill, destroy. And there's a purpose that Jesus has. Give you an abundant life. Understand that the devil wants to wedge himself between everything you have and God has in your personal life. Do you know that? You see, I'm not saying every single, every single problem that we have is the devil. I'm not saying that. Sometimes we have some growing moments and some mature moments that we need to continue to grow in. But what I am saying is if it has to do between you and God, whether it's your word and God, he's going to do everything he can to wedge yourself away from that. Oh, you know, excuses maybe. I, don't, I, I, I just don't quite understand. I, I'm just not going to go to it anymore. He's going to do everything he can to wedge and cause division between you and that. And ultimately... Wedge the relationship between you and God. And let me tell you something, church, and listen clear. That is not God's purpose for your life. That is not God's purpose for you to go through division and go through this, these wedges between you and him. Because he has so much more for you. I mean, you look at Peter and the storm. I mean, we've, we've recently heard this teaching about Peter walking on water and doing the impossible. And when Peter was called by Jesus to get out of the boat and walk on water, he was standing on the words of Jesus Christ, which made him do the impossible, correct? But the winds and the waves and the, how, how tall and how intense everything looked around him 
started causing a wedge between him and, and Jesus' words. And what was happening? He started sinking. And so you can see the purpose of the enemy trying to uh, create these winds and these waves to amplify when it's really not that big. He tries to amplify these winds and those waves called problems and issues in our lives. We call them circumstances. So we lose the focus of what Jesus' words are saying and start believing fear's words and doubt's words. You see, because they speak volume. But Jesus saying, no, 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 that's the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy everything about me and you and, our, and your personal life. He goes, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. You see, that wedge, okay, that wedge tries to divide you and ultimately make you forget the mission that Jesus has for you on this earth. Honestly, it makes you forget about the mission of what Jesus did when he walked this earth. And when we get to that point, the result is this. A defeated mentality. A defeated mentality. Okay, in our, in our, in our heads, in our minds, we think we can't, we can't even get through this life. How am I ever going to do it? It's so hard being a believer and being a Christian because I'm just not perfect for you, God. I had a, one time I had an encounter with God. It was in Tulsa. A lot of my stories are in Tulsa. I was learning a lot during that time. And I was working on the uh, grounds crew, so I cut grass, I, you know, make sure the landscape was good with the team, and it was a rainy, rainy, stormy day. Perfect day for me, okay? It was a rainy, rainy, stormy day, and I'm driving the company truck on campus, and I remember, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember messing up or doing something wrong, you know, and it was to the point where, like, man, I, God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and I'm driving, and it's raining, and I kid you not, I kid you not, a lightning struck like one of the, uh, where they hold the, uh, the electrical lines, one of those things. It just hit a pole, and it was like, it woke me up as I'm driving. I'm in the middle of that repenting mode, and I told God this. I would be perfect and do everything right for you, and this is what he said. He said, Jesse, if you're aiming for perfection, then you're saying you don't need my son, Jesus, and I went, skirt. I break hard because that's just how impactful those words were in my life. And I remember saying, no, 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 God, I, didn't, I did not mean that. You know, but reality was my mentality at the moment was defeated. I'm wrong. I'm not perfect for God. And so when you have that mentality, you walk in life with your head down like this. And you go through the motions and you go now with the waves. And you go with the storm. And wherever you land is wherever you land. And let me tell you something. That's just like shooting an arrow aimlessly. You say, wherever it goes, it goes. But Jesus is about us focusing, and God is about a, a perfect target. And he will release because this arrow is going to hit that middle point, and it's going to be bullseye for your life. And so we need to understand that this defeated mentality, this barely getting by mentality, we have to break it in Jesus' name. We have to break it. You know, again, I've had too many conversations with people and just every day, our everyday life where we're just chatting, going back and forth. And the mentality of, I, you know, it's, I don't know. And, you know, what is God doing and why is he doing? It's just like this defeated mentality and we forget who we are in Jesus Christ. And so that's why I'm coming to you right now. I want you to know this, church. You have the abundant life in Jesus Christ. Don't fall into that trap of the defeated mentality. Don't fall into that trap because then we do, we start seeing ourselves as the victims. We start seeing ourselves as defeated. We start talking and seeing ourselves as negative and everything's negative. 
in our lives. We start feeling like we're captive and all oh, poor me and poor me. I just had a conversation yesterday with a family member and it was poor me, poor me, poor me. And you know, I live lonely, I died lonely. I'm like, no, that mentality is wrong is what I was telling them. That mentality is wrong. And I'm talking to the church here. I'm talking to people that have Jesus in their life. All the enemy's trying to do is put a wedge between you and him to bring you away from God. And I'm here to tell you with the power of the Holy Spirit that that is not the purpose for your life in this earth. And we should be getting excited about that because of the fact that that's what God has for your life. Because the circumstance is not going to determine that in your life. You know, when we look in Scripture, I personally believe that the Israelites... During Moses' time, the book of Exodus, I believe the Israelites are a perfect example of what we can learn on how to live and how not to live. Now, when you read that entire book and more, okay, which I, I, I encourage you, go into the Old Testament, learn what God has done through the, even back in the day and how it all points to the cross of Jesus Christ. But you look at the Israelites, okay, now they're, they're free from Egypt. Moses has gone into Egypt. He frees the people, the Red Sea splits, they walk through, Pharaoh's army comes through, all the slavery, all Israelites' fears are washed away, and now they're in the wilderness walking around, okay? And they're walking around. And God provided them everything they needed to live. Their sandals didn't wear out. Man, how cool would that be if you had shoes that never wore out? That he had shoes that never, I would be sweet, in my opinion. I would be sweet because I have four kids, in my opinion. They could just have the same shoes all the time and not have to, you know, just go buy more and more and more shoes. But their sandals didn't wear out. They had, they had a, a cloud of pillar in the daytime that led them where to go during the day. They had a, a, a fire pillar at night so they could see at night. God brought bread from heaven called manna to feed them and give them the right diet for their lives. God was providing so much for them. It was just on time enough for them to continue the journey. But did you know during those 40 years they were wandering, did you know things got hard? And through that blessing, that focus in the beginning where they saw God's miracles, their eyes started veering left and right. And started feeling, oh, this, this is a big wave in our life and this is a big storm in our life. And the scripture says they started grumbling, complaining to God. Oh, we get this manna, but if we had meat, it'd be better. You know, be grateful for the food you have is what I would say. You know, <laughs> it's like, I don't want a cheeseburger. I wanted a full Happy Meal. You know, it's, <laughs> it's that. It's just this grumble. It's just not being grateful for what they, they were grumbling. They were grumbling to Moses before God, and it was veering them off from the focus that they had in their life, that, that God gave them in their life. They were veering off. And it got so bad. It got so bad that they started saying, man, Moses, what are we doing now? We had it better in Egypt. We had it. Okay, some of you guys are not getting it. They were in slavery in Egypt. Okay? They were... They were getting beat, and they were, they were being, their life was being controlled by a mean guy. And they started complaining. It got so bad that they didn't even realize the freedom they had. And they started saying, well, man, we even had it better back there. And church, that's the enemy doing everything he can to cause a wedge between his people and him. 
And I share this with so much passion because there are times we have this defeated mentality of, man, it was a little bit better back then. I remember those times. Those were the good old days. Get out of that. Wake up. Because you were enslaved to a world. You were caught in a pattern of the world. We were ready and destined and condemned to hell. But Jesus showed up in your life. And he said, no, 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 no. He's all like, come to me, for I give you life, and I give it to you more abundantly. you got to break the mentality of just getting by in this life and start believing what the word says. And that says you have more than enough. Again, those Israelites people, they were, they were God's chosen people. You were just singing, I am chosen, not forsaken. Man, you got me singing. You got me singing. <laughs> You have to understand that this mentality, church, is not for you, and it's the enemy throwing his little stinking lies. He's just mad. And I need you to understand there is more for you. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting with verse 2. You'll start seeing God's purpose for the Israelite people. He says this through Moses. He says, all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Verse 3, check this out. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Verse 4, the fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Verse 5, your baskets and your kneading trowel will be blessed. Verse 6, you will be blessed coming in and you will be blessed going out. You see the purpose that God had for his people. God spoke that to the Israelites. And guess what, church? He is still speaking that to you today. You can be blessed coming in. And you can be blessed going out. That's how God wants our thinking to be, our mentality to be. He wants us to understand that today we are blessed. Today in Christ we are delivered. We are successful. We have an abundant supply of, check it out, joy and peace. That you have a purpose in your life. You have direction for your life. Even when you don't see it in the natural, there is direction for you. You have so much good that God has given you through Christ Jesus. Do you know that the Bible says that God is El Shaddai? He has a lot of nicknames, by the way. He really does. But the Bible says he is El Shaddai. Okay? And El Shaddai, literally translated into the English, means God is more than enough. God is more than enough in your life. And that's why it is so important, church. It is so important that we sit with God on a daily basis. We have to. Because when we don't, we forget that he is El Shaddai in my life. That he is more than enough. He is more than the circumstances that I'm going through. He is more than the problem that I'm facing. He's more than my mortgage. He's more than my, my, my car troubles. He's more than my relationship troubles. God is more than enough in my life. Are you guys here? Are you guys hearing this? Because God has so much for you, and I believe we need this right now. Because these conversations I have is not the reflection of the Father. I can say that right now. It's the reflection of the opposite of the Father, of the devil trying to wedge something between you and God. And it's not too late. Again, it is important that we sit with them on a daily basis because we have to have an understanding of who our God is. You know, God wants to draw a picture of himself and all that for you in your heart. 
Everything comes down to the heart. And I think I shared that last week with you guys. Everything comes down to the heart. He wants to draw this picture about who he is in your life. Okay, not just God, but Father. You can call him Daddy. Did you know that? Maybe you didn't have a, a good earthly dad, or maybe you don't know your earthly dad. But he says, I am your heavenly father. You can call me daddy anytime, and I will fill any void in your life. Maybe you had a dad, and it was rough. Guess what? He's still there for you. Maybe you had an amazing dad, and it's awesome. God is still an amazing heavenly father to us, no matter what circumstances. He wants to draw the fact that who he is in your life. He also wants to draw in your heart about what God wants you to have. He wants to share what you have in him. He wants to give you what... He has for you in your personal life. He also wants you to know about who he made you and me to be on earth. That's called purpose. And again, we only see this when we spend quality time. Look at your, look at your neighbor and say quality time. When we spend quality time together. Now, yesterday... Well, I am celebrating. We celebrated our Marty and I's 11-year anniversary. It was awesome. It's great. And over the years, I've learned how to flip a tortilla. If you guys remember that story, if you don't, check it out. I'll tell you later. You know. And there's so many growing moments. But the one thing I can tell you about my wife is that she's about quality time. About quality time. And yesterday, if people were asking, "Hey, what'd you do yesterday for your anniversary?" You want to know what we did for our anniversary? We had quality time. We were shampooing our carpet together in our house. That was our quality time. You know, no, we had so many things that we were doing. And they're like, what? That, that, that's it? You don't understand, okay? Quality time with my wife is the world. I can give her anything. I mean, the, the biggest, the latest, and the greatest I can give to her. But without quality time, her love tank's not filling. And that's just how God designed her, and I understand that. And God is the same way. Quality time. With him, you get to know him, who you are in Christ. That quality time between my wife and I, I've learned so much about my wife. She's learned so much about me because we simply had quality time together. You see, when you sit with your Lord, when you sit with your daddy in heaven, and you have that quality time, you start seeing who you are. You start seeing who he is. Yeah, you'll hear other things from this world, maybe even past hurts and regrets. But let me tell you something. That quality time, God will remind you the brand newness he made in you. You ever uh, walk, okay, so air fresheners. I don't know why I'm going here, but air fresheners in a car. Okay, my favorite is new car scent. That's just my personal favorite. It's new car scent. I've been doing, I've been having that new car scent since high school. It could be an old car, but man, you put that thing in, you rip it, and you open it. Close your eyes, just pretend where you're not here, and pretend you're in a brand new car. You'll smell it. You'll smell it. And it's, it's true because last week I went through the uh, car wash with my son, and I said, hey, let me get a new car scent, you know. I'm like, sure, here you go, $1, that whole deal. And Josh was playing his game for a little bit, and I cracked that thing open. And, put, and he goes, Dad, it smells like a new car in here. That's right, new car scent, baby. Why did I go there? I have no idea. <laughs> why did I go there? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you're made brand new. That's why. When you come to Jesus Christ, you have a new car set. You're new. <laughs> That's where I was going. Right, Josh? That's where I was going, man. <laughs> Josh is like, man. <laughs> God just simply wants you to see yourself as blessed. He wants you to see yourself as forgiven. He wants you to see yourself as, yeah, you have favor in this world. He wants you to know that you are victorious, that you can speak to mountain. And guess what, church? They will move for you. 
They have to move for you in the name of Jesus Christ. He wants you to carry the spirit of God in every area of your life, every dark area of your life. So those things that you're praying, like, get me out of this job, God, please, because I don't belong here. No, no, you belong there because you are the light of the world. And that dark area needs you right now. And he wants you to carry the spirit of God. So don't let wrong thinking disqualify you or wedge you away from your Heavenly Father and keep you away from what God has for you in your life. Because he has so much for you. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 6, it says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Did you know that your thoughts can get you in trouble? And this earth, I hear a lot of parents saying, that's right, amen. But it can. Your thoughts can get you into trouble. The, the thing is this, God is saying, look, I got higher thoughts for you, but you have to rely on his thoughts, not on your thoughts. Because when you skip a couple verses up in 55.9 in the book of Isaiah, it says this, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways, God says, are higher than your ways, God says. And my thoughts, God says, higher than your thoughts. God says. He's saying my ways and my thoughts are far higher than your ways and your thoughts. You might have a good idea, but God says I bless God ideas. And that's what I have. He just wants to give you the best. That's why. And it's so important that we rely on him, his word, and his thoughts. Look, church, God is not saying you can't think like him or have his thoughts. That's not what he's saying. Okay, but what he is saying is if you want to gain these higher thoughts in your life, you're not going to find them in neighbors. You're not going to find them with people. You're not going to find them with culture. You're not going to find them on Facebook. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how many likes they have. Your only way you're going to get to high thoughts and get that high thoughts in your life is through his word. The word of God. And it is important that we read and we get with him on a daily basis. More than once, in my opinion. Okay? More than once. Because what we're doing is we're gaining his revelation and his insight of who he is and who we are in our lives. And those times where we feel like we just can't do it, we go to the word. He tells us, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Understand, too, that his word was first and foremost, the first thing that he spoke in this world was, and God said. And God said, and everything was created. And when we have that insight of, oh, yeah, God, you knew all this, and you are, you created all of this for, my, for me, we start seeing the joy and the peace in our lives. You know, Jesus says in Mark 9, 23, he says, if you can believe, Jesus says, all things are possible to him who believes. I'll say that again. If you can believe. Believe is what the words of Jesus says. Believing, church, is what opens doors in your life. Believe in his truth. Believe in his word. And guess what? No man or no circumstance or no problem can shut it. Can't. Because when you stand on his word, all doors open. I don't care if it looks like it's the end of that. If it's God speaking, you follow, you obey, he'll get you through that door, no matter the threat that's on the other side. God will get you that, through that door and watch him do the rest for you. I mean, again, you look at the Israelites and Moses, they looked at a door that was closed, and it was called the Red Sea. 
We're doomed. We turn around. There's an army ready pursuing us to, to kill us all. We turn in front of us. We have nowhere to go. Guess what God did? He opened a door that no man can open and no man can shut and gave them freedom in their lives. Again, don't feel like, even if it looks like it, God's word is final and is truth. We have a couple examples. You look at Daniel in the lion's den in the Old Testament. We, a lot of us know that story, Daniel in the lion's den. It looked like he was done and it was over. And that door was closed for his life. But God, God showed up and he did something. And he walked out of that den full of lions that were probably hungry, full of lions, untouched, unscratched, and walking out praising his God because God opened that door and he got him through the other side. You look at David and Goliath, a 12-year-old boy, roughly, versus this warrior who's over nine feet tall. It looked like it was over for David, but God showed up and he made something. And because of it, the story shows that giant was slain. You look at Jonah and the big whale or fish or whatever you want to call it. The dude got eaten and is underwater and it looked like it was over. And it was done, but God showed up and put him back in the same spot he was supposed to be at in the first place. You look at Samson, one of God's strongest warriors, strongest that we read about physically. He was able to do so much. It was one versus a thousand men. And it looked like it was done. It was over for Samson. But he went to town because God was with him and upon him. And because of it, slayed a thousand men in the Lord's name. You have to understand that you look at even the cross of Jesus. We see him hanging there, dead already. And it looks like it should be over. But God and the resurrection power comes and brings our Lord and Savior back to life. And that same power is activated in us today. So whatever you're facing today, whatever you're looking at today, and it may look like, ah, I don't know, it's not over because God has delivered you from that. If you simply believe in Jesus Christ and in his word, it's a simple belief system that you have to birth in you, that the core of it is Jesus in your life. You know, when you go to Proverbs 21.30, it says that there is no wisdom and understanding, or even any counsel against the Lord. In other words, you can get the wisest of wise on this earth. It's nothing compared to our Heavenly Father in heaven. Nothing can compare as well to the abundant life God given you as well. But you have to continue, and I press this again, you have to continue to put his word first in your heart. His word first in your heart. Because Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. In other words, what's in your heart will determine the path of your life. I'll say that again. What's in your heart will determine the path of your life. You want to see a glimpse of your future? Start listening to words you're speaking today. Simple. And if it's defeated mindset, and I don't know, and I can, and I, most likely you're heading that direction. But it's not too late for you. God's saying when you start believing my word and that you can walk in healing and you can walk in prosperity and you can walk in so many different ways according to the kingdom of God, things start changing in your life. I'm not saying problems are diminished and they're gone. I'm not saying that. It's going to be there. But attitude and heart and defeated mindset, they're now in tune with God. That defeated mindset becomes a victory mindset. 
and you realize, man, I got so much. Understand, church, that Jesus said this. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, okay, we're going back to the heart, brings forth good, okay? Continue on. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. I think of a faucet. I don't know why, or, or a fountain. You know, who's, who's gone to Grand Haven Fountains at night where they do the, the light show and all that? There has to be some main source, probably Lake Michigan, because it's all there. And then this fountain just bursts up. Whatever comes from Lake Michigan, everything's coming out of there. And in our hearts, when we have the word, it just erupts from our mouth like a fountain. And out, out of the, in the heart, out it speaks to the mouth. And that's where we need to start today is where we're at with our heart so we can understand that a defeated mindset we don't have to live by. You see, the abundant life starts with a heart full of his word. And not just full, it's going to overflow. I'm going to say this with the kindness of my heart, but I'm going to say this with boldness as well. Your abundant life, people, your abundant life is not based off your account balance. That doesn't determine your abundant life. Okay, your location of where you live today doesn't determine you having an abundant life. It doesn't. Okay, the car you're driving today or maybe the car you don't have doesn't determine the abundant life you have in Jesus Christ. It's filling your heart with Jesus that gives you the abundant life. And that is good news to everyone and everywhere because it's not a natural perspective, but it's who is living within you no matter where you're at in life. You can have nothing right now but be rich in the Lord and have a prosperous life because of who's in you. And when we don't grasp that and when we don't hold that, we miss out something good here on earth that God has for you because you're simply his children. And you need to embrace that abundance. You need to embrace that identity you have in Jesus Christ. And I want to close it with three simple ways. Okay, three ways to help you embrace this abundant life. You guys ready? You ready to take notes? Here we go. First one is don't believe our God is complicated. I think that's one of the biggest ones. Don't believe our God is complicated because he's not a complicated God. He's not. I mean, we look in Matthew eleven thirty. Jesus himself says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is not a complicated God. I had a conversation about a month ago with a young man, and he was wanting to serve God, and he was wanting to do so much for Jesus Christ. And I, I saw the passion, but the approach of everything was completely off. And what he was doing was because of it, he was struggling in his marriage because he raised this, this hurdle in life. He raised this hurdle and expected his wife to jump it for God, and he barely could get over it himself. And that, and he, what he was doing was he was making God very complicated to live for, and God was not that. I had to share with him, look, Jesus, yeah, he did raise standards in life because he's aiming for the heart, but he brought that hurdle so low that you could just walk right over it and go straight to him. That's the access we have in God. And what I want the church to understand is when we complicate God, we miss it because God is full of truth and full of grace as well, too. Yeah, we have teachable and, 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 and not learnable moments. What are they called? Teachable and, yeah, just teachable moments. Just teachable moments in our lives that we can learn from. 
But God is not a complicated God. Number two, that will help you embrace an abundant life, is eliminate godless influence in your life. I'll say that again. Eliminate, because you can only do that, godless influence in your life. Jesus says in Matthew 5.30, and if your right hand causes you to sin, or if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. You know, I remember coming to that scripture at a younger time when I was just learning about Jesus, and I'm thinking, wait, what? <laughs> I got to cut my, and then there's more. You got to gouge the eye out, what? But I was learning through scripture and just through God and through teachings that, no, 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 Jesus wasn't really being literal about it where you cut the hand. I don't do that, okay? I'm telling you, don't do that. But what he was saying was take the extreme to sever away any godless influence in your life. If you're addicted to pornography, get rid of the computer. Get rid of the phone. Go something more simple. Go to the dumb phone. Is that what they call it? Because you have the smartphone, you got the dumb phone? No? Okay, fine. Never mind. You know, that's just an example. And I, and I speak that with truth. He's just saying take whatever away, take whatever away, sever it away from your life so you can continue forth and live for him. Eliminate godless influence in your life and watch the abundant life just produce and come out of your life. And the last one, and I close it with this one, is focus on the word God, Jesus Christ himself, speaks. Focus on the word he speaks in Philippians chapter 3, verse 15. It says this, so let's keep focus on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, there's just something about a gaze of our eyes that we can have. I mean, you're locked in. I think about, this might be bad for the reputation, okay? But there are times where I'm watching a game and my eyes are fixed on that screen because we're winning, okay? Sometimes. And as I'm fixed on that screen, my wife can be talking to me and I don't hear her. Now, I know that's not a good thing, okay? It's bad for the reputation. Ladies are amening right now, okay? But hear me out. There's something going on and I'm distracted by what really matters in my life. But when I can take distractions, even when it's there, no matter what's happening, I can focus on her and she speaks, I do things. It just happens. You know, can you help me out? With yeah, no problem. Or can you do this? Yes. Or go grab the kids. Yes, I'm there. There's just something about having a focal point, a focus. You know, God says when you gaze your eyes on him, I believe he's not talking about literal eyes. I believe he's talking about the eyes of the heart, that there's eyes in your heart that can gaze at him. You know, because there are so many things that we could be distracted by in life, but he's not even looking at that. He's, that's not what I'm talking about. He's talking about where the heart's at. If there's bitterness, if there's unforgiveness in there, he's saying you're not focused on, your eyes are not focused on Jesus then. You're focused on the issue in that person. And what's happening is you've dethroned me and you've enthroned them when they're not even a part of your life. It's as simple as that. You've dethroned me and you've enthroned that problem in your life. But when you fix your eyes of your heart into me, into Jesus Christ, you've dethroned that problem and you've put me back on there. Because church, understand that if it's a past hurt or something you went through and forgiving somebody is not saying it's okay what you did. Forgiving someone is saying, look, it's not okay what you did. I'm just not going to hold a record on you about that. And I'm going to release that to God. Because I thank God he did that to me. He holds no records of wrong for my past mistakes, my present mistakes, my future mistakes, because God's almighty and Jesus 
His blood covers a multitude of sin. And let me tell you something. Me alone, there's a multitude because I'm not perfect and I missed the mark. Men, I'm going to talk to you for a second. And I really feel pressed about this. You feel like you missed the mark on an everyday basis. And you need to know something right now. God sees that. But what he wants to see is a, a heart that's after him. He says those things will fix as the journey goes on. But he says stay faithful to him. Stay faithful to her if it's a marriage. Stay faithful to them if there's children involved. And let God give you the abundant life. You can strip all money away from my life. You can strip everything away from my life. But if I have Jesus Christ in my life and a wife that I love and she loves me back and children that know I love them and and I will continue to, to, to teach them, guess what? I have the abundant life. My account doesn't determine that. What I drive doesn't determine that. That's just my heart. That's my heart for God, and I believe it should be the church's heart for his kingdom as well, too. Because one day, one day, all of this is going to be gone. Everything on earth will be gone. And God's going to say, what you built, was it for the earth or was it for my kingdom? Because what's about to go in the fire is the entire earth, but my kingdom lives on forever. And I want to look at my father right in the eyes and want to say, God, it was for you. It was for you. It's not about perfection. It's not to try, to try to be perfect in this life. It's not, this is not what I'm talking about, okay? What I'm talking about is about growing, maturing in Jesus Christ. And when we can mature in Jesus Christ, we're winning in life on earth. I'm not talking about salvation. You're guaranteed deposit. You're there. But he says you can have this right now in your life, an abundant life. And I believe a lot of the believers are not living an abundant life because they simply don't spend time with their God. It's like I handed you a gift with your name on it, and you said thank you, but you've never unwrapped it, and you never played with it. It's got your name on it. It is yours, but you're not reaping any benefit from that gift. God's saying the same thing. I have a gift for you, and it's called the abundant life, the eternal life, and it has your name on it. And if your name's on it, he wants you to open it and unwrap it and reap the benefits of it on earth right now. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head. I just took a few minutes just to kind of speak to you on what an abundant life is. This is something that's not religion. This is something that is not legalistic. This is called relationship with Jesus. And it starts with Jesus. And here's my invitation to you. Maybe you've never heard of Jesus this way. Well, let me tell you something. His word says this. If you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth as Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you'll be saved. And what I'm going to share with you is you'll be saved from eternal separation from him. He says you can have the abundant and eternal life starting today right now. Not based off circumstances, not based off money, not based off the name brands. No, 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 none of that. He says nothing but pure joy and peace in your heart and in your life. Even when hell breaks out on earth, you can still have an abundant life. But it starts with Jesus and accepting him as your Lord and your Savior. Second invite is this. Maybe, maybe you knew this and you've heard this before, but it's, you've kind of gotten off track. It's not too late because you have to remember a father in heaven always has an open arm to his children, even in the rebellion moments. I know with me personally, my kids, they can get off track and get at each other and disobey me, but my arms will always be open to them when they turn around and run to me. 
even in the midst of them being in discipline or in trouble, they can always come back to daddy. I know they can always go back to mommy because our arms are wide. That's just the love of a parent. How much more a heavenly father for you? His arms are wide open. On any of those two invites, with all eyes closed, I just simply want to lead you in a prayer. I won't call you out. This is between you and God. But I want to give the right tools in your hand as well too, okay? On the count of three, with boldness and with confidence, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up right now. God bless you, 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 you. God bless you as well. God bless you. Thank you, Lord, for those decisions, Father. The best decisions you guys are ever going to make. Now, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to do this as a church family. If you've made that decision, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to. Let me tell you something. I believe the, heart of the, the, the hands of your heart was raised, and it's still the same thing. But we're going to do this as a church family, okay? So I want everyone's hand over their heart, and I want you to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in your son Jesus. I believe Jesus did die for me. And the story didn't end there. I believe he rose again three days later for me. And I have that same power in me. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Show me your ways. Give me your thoughts. I believe they are higher than mine. And by mercy and grace, I receive your forgiveness. Lead my life from here on out. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all shout out and celebrate. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a clap offering for that? Amen. If you raised your hand or maybe you didn't, but you said that prayer, we would love to connect with you using our connection cards that are in your bulletin. So you can find one of those. If you don't have one, there are some at the information desk on your way out of these double doors. We would love to be able to connect with you. If you're from the house, this is also our way of connecting with you. So put your prayer requests, celebrations, things that are happening that are exciting that you'd like to share with your church family. We would love to hear about that. Also, we have been running our first um, session of Growth Track. And if you don't know what that is, or you're interested or when does the next one start 